Good afternoon and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to live from your true self through all of life's twists and turns. And you'll be challenged to lean into the mysteries of life to find your own deepest wisdom. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews. Good afternoon and welcome to the Authentic Living Show. You know, we are living in very uncertain times. I'm sure that everyone who's listening out there knows that already, so I haven't given you any hot news flash. But it is very difficult in these circumstances, for we can't seem to establish a routine that can be assumed to be quote-unquote normal. Everyone's talking about what it would be like to return to normal, and yet we continue to face uncertainty. In fact, the uncertainty seems to grow daily. But is it possible that uncertainty is one of spirituality's best tools to facilitate our growth? Is it possible that living in uncertainty forces us to have to turn to something else on which to rely? What is that something else? Where will we find it? And what exactly will it give us? Well, we're going to answer those questions during today's show. Stay here for it all. So, okay, what do we mean by uncertainty? That's the first thing that we need to understand. It means we can't know. We can't know for sure what's going to happen in the future. We can't know for sure whether Biden or Trump is going to get elected. We can't know for sure what's going to happen with the climate crisis. We can't know for sure what's going to happen with the COVID-19 pandemic. We can't know for sure, in some cases, what's going to happen with our jobs or what's going to happen with our income or what's going to happen about whether or not we can have food on the table. We may have to stand in a line to get food. That's what some people are having to do. Um, there, uh, we don't know necessarily what's going to happen economically. We can't s- forecast the future. We know that the United States is in more debt than it's ever been in, and 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 yet our government keeps telling us that we have a, a great economy. We know that there's people who are standing in long, long food lines just to get something to eat, and yet our government continues to tell us that we're we're living in a great economy. Um, the, the other day, our gov- our government said that science doesn't know about the climate crisis. And uh, so we are, we're in a very difficult situation because not only do we not know, but our leadership doesn't know either. And our leadership doesn't seem to be taking any leadership role in trying to help us with these myriad crises that are happening simultaneous to us. We've got several hurricanes coming up the coast all at the same time. Sally moving slowly into Alabama and, and Mississippi and Florida and uh, causing great floods and wind damage uh, as it's moving. We have uh, seven other potential hurricanes out there possibly coming this season. We have fires all over the western states, California, Washington, and other states. And we have um, uh, and all of that is a result of the climate crisis, which our president is denying, saying that it's not really a crisis. Um, he hinted again the other day that the, cri- the uh, pandemic was also a hoax still, because he said on November the 4th, everybody will just go back to work. They will just let everyone go back to work. So that's him hinting again that it really isn't a real thing. It's just uh, something that the Democrats have put out there because they're... Um, because of you know they they want to mess up with his election, so we don't have good leadership here. We're and we're stuck with a lot of uncertainty. We just don't know what's going to happen. 
and we can't count on the future. We and nobody can count on the future. And there are some people who are psychic out there who are predicting certain things. There are other people who are politically motivated who are predicting other things. Um, so there's a lot of prediction going on out there. But how? What can we count on? What can we be sure of? Well, we're we can't be sure of the future. We can't even be sure sometimes of what's going to happen this evening, whether or not we're going to get enough to eat today. So in those cases, what do we do? Well, um, this thing about returning to normal is an interesting paradigm, I think, because it's based in the idea that there is such a thing as normal. What we typically mean is what has become routine. We're often very shocked when our routine changes when our routine becomes something other than what we thought it was going to be. Uh, when a person has a baby, for example, there's, there's uh, a total change in the routine. Um, there's sleep, sleep deprivation. There's long hours of working with the baby. There's um, not, not going to work anymore for a while. There's all kinds of changes in that schedule, and that's a happy circumstance. So even the happy circumstances cause a change in our routine and we might want to return to what we call normal. Um, and so, you know, that whole idea of normal has an illusionary quality to it. It isn't, there is no real normal. There's only what we have established as a routine. And most of us like our routines. They make us feel safe. They make us feel like everything's okay. And so we stay in our routines and we live into our routines and we believe in our routines and they and we stabilize by our routines, and we think that that makes us have a good life. Some of our routines aren't necessarily good. So, for example, if I have a, a drug addiction, my routine is going to be trying to figure out how I can get my drugs and using my drugs and then trying to figure out how I can get my drugs again. So um, that routine is not necessarily what anyone would call normal, quote unquote, but uh, it, it, it is a routine, and it does make people feel safe. And that person might call that normal. So we have to, one of the first things we're going to have to do in dealing with whole, this whole issue of uncertainty is get rid of the idea of normal. Routine is what we're talking about, and we need to call it that. It's been my routine, uh, for example, for me in my private practice, my routine has been to go to my office for certain hours of the day and, and see patients face-to-face -face for certain hours of the day and when COVID-19 pandemic struck, all of that shut down. I couldn't go to my office because my office was shut down. And, and then I had to start figuring out how to have the technical skills to go online and do my practice online. And so I've had to make that big adjustment. And it has been a big adjustment, but I've made it. And now that feels like it's routine. Then when I go back to work, there'll be another new routine. And, and all of it is what I would categorize as normal. But normal, like I said, is an illusion. There is no such thing as normal. There's only the routine that we've established. So, uh, so, but uncertainty is uncomfortable. It makes us uncomfortable because it makes us feel like there's no ground under, underneath us. But where we stand is where we stand in a moment. The next step is... Uh, what we have to look for. We, we look for the very next step. We don't look for 10 steps down the road, 12 steps down the road. We just look for the very next step. So that is, okay, what am I going to do next? And what am I going to do next? And what am I going to do next? So during a day, 
um, we may establish another new routine that's filled with various steps that have to do with calming our nerves about uncertainty. And if, as long as we're taking those steps in the moment, we're okay. I remember having a situation in my life many years ago where I had quit a job before uh, actually establishing my private practice. And I uh, was in the process of establishing it, but my, I had to do the work of, of, of making that happen. I got some help from some people, which was great. And I also uh, had to really get into trying to figure out how I was going to make enough money to be okay. And um, during that time, I remember thinking uh, fairly frequently, I remember thinking several times a day, in fact, I would think right now, this moment, I'm okay. I'm going to give the future to the divine and let the divine take care of the future. But right now, this moment, I'm okay. And so that's what I think one of the things we need to practice doing with regard to uncertainty is stay in the right now. Um, It's certainly not the only thing we can do. And sometimes the right now is uncomfortable. So I'm not trying to say that the right now is always going to feel okay. But I am saying the right now is what we've got. And it is a certainty. It is something we have right now. Today, this moment, the reality of this moment is my certainty. It is what I have. And uh, we can use what we have. Uh, one of the best little fairy tale like stories I've ever heard is of uh, the man who ha- had always dreamed of uh, establishing his farm on another mountain. There was a plateau on the mountain. It was very green with grasses, and he thought his sheep would really thrive there. The only problem was there was another mountain in front of that, that mountain, and he had to cross one mountain before he got to the other, and he'd heard that there was a terrible dragon who lived on that first mountain. But, you know, he decided one day that he was going to go ahead and make that trek. He just said, I've had enough. I'm going to go ahead and try to see if I can find my dream. So he cooked himself some biscuits so that he could have something to eat along the way. And he put him in his knapsack and he started up the hill, the mountain. And he climbed and climbed for several days, fed himself on biscuits. And then he got to this place where he uh, could see the other mountain on the other side. And he was so delighted and so excited because he could actually see the green pasture on the other side. And uh, he got up a little closer and he saw a bridge And he thought, oh, this is my easy way over to the other mountain. The only problem was there was a big, hairy, ugly dragon standing right in front of that bridge. He looked at the dragon and he thought and thought what kind of strategy he might use to make that dragon not harm him. But he thought if he moved, the dragon would blow, you know, breathe his fire, breathing his fire on him and turn him into a crispy critter. And he thought, if I, if I uh, run, He'll chase after me. There's just no way I can win this. So I'm just going to head back down to the mountain and be satisfied with what I've got. So he started down the mountain and he remembered something his mother always said. She said, use what you have. She'd always said, use what you have. Always look for what you have and use it. So he thought, well, what do I have? What do I have? What do I have? I don't know what I have. Oh, I've got biscuits. I've got biscuits. So he went back up to a 
certain place on the mountain where he could see the dragon and the, and, uh, and the dragon could not see him. And he took those biscuits and he crumbled them up a little bit and he tossed the crumbs over to the side, far away from him, over to the side. And he and the dragon went running after the crumbs and was trying to eat the crumbs. And while he ran after the crumbs, the man went running across the bridge and he got to his, his uh, land. And so he knew now that the way to handle the dragon was to throw crumbs so the dragon would have something to eat and then he could get across the bridge. So the moral of the story is look for the crumbs and the moral of the story is use what you have. And what we have in dealing with uncertainty is right now. We have right now, whatever that is. If it's difficult, we can sit with the difficulty and be present with it and listen to what it has to tell us and try to figure out a plan for the next step. If it's easy, then we can say, okay, I've got some ease right now. and This is all I need to know is that I've got some ease right now. Um, but what we have is right now. So that's one of our first tools that we can use in dealing with right now. The other thing is, I believe that uncertainty is one of spirituality's best tools that's meant to facilitate our growth. So in looking at that, we have to ask ourselves, why are we here? What are we here to do? What is planet Earth all about? Well, I'm going to tell you that I don't know for sure what planet Earth's all about, but I have a couple of theories, and they're strong for me. Those theories are strong for me. I believe that we're here to grow. I believe that we're here to learn. I believe that we're here to wake up to who we actually are so that we can finish creating planet Earth. I believe that we are co-creators with the divine of planet Earth. And here's how I believe that process works. And if you've listened to my show for very long, you know that I have a deep, strong theory about duality. So duality is that belief that we, uh, that we, believe ourselves to be separate from the divine and separate from each other and separate from all other things. That we're here basically alone and we come into this life alone and we leave it alone and that's the basic tenet of our lives is that we're, we're alone. Um, but, but from the text, sacred texts of all the world's major religions, we learn that we are one with the divine. And especially even in the root language of the Christian text, even in the root language of the Jewish Tanakh, even there we find that we are one with the divine and cannot be separated. There are verses that say, even if I go down to Sheol, which was the place of death for the Jewish faith, even there I, am, I find God. And... Uh, you know, there's other verses in the in the New Testament that say, "I can't whatever it is, I can't be separated from the love of Christ, no matter what it is. Principles, the powers, no matter what it is, nothing can separate me from the love of Christ." So there is no separation, and and that tr- that is true in all the basic texts of all the rest of the world as well. We hear from the Buddhists, we hear from the Hindus, we hear uh, from all of the Eastern religions that we are one with the divine. And in the Bhagavad Gita, they even say that we, they call it divine self. Uh, and and uh, so divine self is that essence of self that is one with the divine. And uh, so we truly are one with the divine. But when we came into form, 
we had to experiment with form to find out what form was really made of. Is it separate from the divine? Can can the created be separated from its creator? And, And we had to answer that question. And we've spent centuries trying to do that very thing, answer that question. And in the process, there's been a lot of blindness. There's been a lot of, 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 you know, experimenting with the other side to say, yes, I must be separate. And therefore, I have to struggle for my survival. And I have to take from you to get what I need. And I'll have to murder you if I have to to get what I need. I have to take care of me. And whatever distorted version of reality I live into, I have to live into that because it's how I'm going to survive. And so survival has become the mechanism that all of us live out of instead of oneness. And because of that duality trance state, which is what I call it, we we believe in our survival trances. We believe in that idea that we must survive at all costs. And therefore, it doesn't matter what we do, wrong, right, or indifferent, we must survive. And therefore, we've established whole religions based on this whole concept of good and evil, which are based in the absolute idea of duality. That it, because I'm down here alone, I'm bad, and the divine is good, and there were, there's a separation between us because the divine can't come very near me because I'm bad, and the divine is good. And so we do that, we develop my whole moral codes out of that, moral codes that we live by to some degree but break all the time on a regular basis. For example, we say, thou shalt not kill except when you're in a war or except when your life is in danger or except when you just have to survive and you can't help it, you have to kill somebody or except there's lots of exceptions to that rule. So there's all these rules we formulated in order to help us understand uh, the good and evil thing. And that is based in duality because if we're not really separated from the divine, then the law, the law of love is written on our hearts and we already know what to do with that. But we've been made unconscious of that by the duality trance state. And so we, we're, we're actually here to finish cre- the creation by uniting form with formlessness, by finally getting it that form is not really separated from formlessness. The divine is not really separated from humanity. And when we finally get that, that's when creation will finally be finished. And we will have created the world. And that's why there'll be a new heaven and a new earth because it'll be based on a whole new paradigm. And uh, so, and even the return of Christ or uh, the return of Buddha, uh, the return of Muhammad, or the return of all the various spiritual leaders that we've had um, is, is based in the idea that we're going to return to who we actually were in the beginning, which was divine beings. And, and so uh, we're, we're understanding life from a whole new perspective at that point. So that's what we're here to do. And if that's what we're here to do, then what does uncertainty help us to do? We're going to answer that question right after this break. Stay tuned. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com 
Are you inspired by stories about personal empowerment, well-being, and the motivation to achieve more? Get ready for Next Steps Forward with Chris Meek. Each week, Chris will talk with experts and icons from different walks of life who personify energy, direction, excitement, and purpose as they take bold steps forward in pursuit of excellence and service to others. Tune in to Next Steps Forward, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. What's the difference between leaders who achieve exceptional results with ease and those who struggle to keep up? Tune in for Leading on Purpose with Nicole Bendeley. You'll discover the simple practices that are making the biggest difference to a leader's success today. You'll meet leaders who are bringing out the best in their teams. You'll gain practical strategies to lead yourself and others to high performance with ease. Leading on Purpose airs live Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. When you learn to see things from a spiritual perspective, it changes the way you see virtually everything in your life. Listen for Dr. Paula Joyce and her program, Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. Our program will help you get rid of the negative aspects of your life and invite love, joy, and prosperity into your life. Turn that negative feeling into a positive one. Tune in to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit, every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now toll-free, 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You can also send your questions or comments by email to andrea at andreamatthews.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back talking today about uncertainty, faith, and hope. So what we've said thus far is that the, one of the primary tools we can use to cope with uncertainty is to stay in today, to stay right here in today and deal with what is here right now, because that's what we have. That's what I can own particularly and fully uh, is my present moment. I can own that. And if I work to own that, then I'm going to be ahead of the game in terms of, of uh, dealing with uncertainty. So that's the first thing. But the second thing is it, it, we're beginning to look at the possibility that maybe uncertainty is one of spirituality's best tool, tools to facilitate our growth. And what we've said is that because of the duality trance state in which we live, we have uh, developed delusions and illusions about who we are. And we have said to ourselves that we are not divine beings. We are not one with the divine. We are not one with each other. We're separate and alone, and we have to survive. And because we do, we'll do whatever it takes to survive, good, bad, or ugly. And so we do. Uh, And then we develop moral codes because we had so much bad and ugly. And the moral codes are there to tell us we're evil when 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 we do bad things. We're bad people. And we need to stop being bad people and be good people, and then things will be better. Maybe for some religions it even means that if you're a good person, there'll be heavenly rewards. But all of that is just all about the duality trend state, because 
if we if if we are one with the divine, then we already know the truth inside of us. We already know what's real and what's not. We already know what's true and what's not. We already know that love is all there is. We already know these things. We just don't know that we know. And that is what uncertainty is has the potential to bring us. It brings us to the possibility of what we already do know. Because if I'm sitting with the now, if I'm present with the moment now, then what I can do is pay attention to what is known inside of me. And what I, my inner knowing can tell me about what I already know. And as I sit with that, and perhaps even meditate on that, I come to know my truest self. I come to know my divine self. I come to know that I'm one with the divine. I come to know that love is all there is. I've come to know that the energy of matter is the same as energy of spirit, which is what we finally will get to eventually when, when the... Uh, when the end of, the, of what we understand to be the world comes, it will not be a tragic, cataclysmic end of the world as, as a lot of people think, but rather a change in the paradigm of what we think the world is. And it will be a, a time where we come to understand that the energy of matter is love. The energy of matter is love. Your body is love. Your brain is love. Your, the physical organs in your body are love. The, the physical structure of everything you see around your house is love. The plants are love. The animals are love. Everything is the energy of love. And that's what we're going to come to understand in the ultimate end. And as we, as if we can sit in the now, we can even come to know that right now. And that's one of the possibilities that uncertainty can bring us can bring us to the understanding that all, that all of matter and all of, of spirit is the same. It's the same thing. Form and formlessness are the same thing. Quantum physics is already teaching us that. Quantum physics is already saying that form is made up of teeny, tiny, tiny little invisible particles which are formless. And so... We know that science has already proven it, what spirituality has been saying for years, for centuries even, that, that we are one with the divine and that all of matter is the same as all of spirit. Um, so uncertainty forces us to turn to something else on which to rely. We begin to rely on the truth of the inner person. We begin to lie, rely on our own inner knowing Instead of trying to rely on, you know, money or our time or uh, other people or our jobs or, you know, I know that when we think about things like food, we certainly think, well, everybody needs to eat. And I agree with that. I want to stand on that. I, I don't want to insult anybody out there who's diff- dealing so much with economic crisis that they don't even have food for tonight's supper. I hear you, and I see you, and I pray for you. And I, uh, I know that uncertainty for you is double, triple, quadruple what other people are feeling right now. Um, so I don't want to intimate that, oh, it's okay that you don't have anything to eat. Just rely on God. What I do want to say is that one of the things that Jesus said is that 
uh, if put if you put first the kingdom of God, then all of these things will be given unto you. And so I do believe that that you know if we just trust that in that faith, we trust and hope in that faith that we have a divine being within us and around us who is absolutely going to take care of those things if we just trust. Um, I'll tell you a story from my own life. In that same interim I talked about earlier between when I had, when I, when I had a full-time job in my private practice, I was just launching my practice and I had, uh, was doing some weekend seminars and, um, somebody had, some people had backed out of the seminar and left me with a, a hole in my income. And I did not know uh, what I was going to do about that. But I, what I didn't know was that it had already been taken care of. So what had happened was um, my son uh, was in an automobile accident and hurt his ankle during the Christmas holidays. And he asked me to go out to my car and get something that was under the seat. And I went out to the car and reached under the seat. And what I came out with was a $500 Brazilian note. Yes, it was a $500 Brazilian note. And I thought, well, this is funny money. This is fake money. This isn't really real. But I took it to my son because he knows about the, uh, those kind of things. I, I call my son my resident encyclopedia because he knows a lot, a lot about a lot of things. And um, I gave it to him and, he's, and I said, is this real? And he said he thought it was and that I should take it to the money exchange at the bank and see if it really was a Brazilian note. Well, uh, the next day, I tried to call the bank, and I could not get anybody to answer the phone. And the next day after that, I called and could not get anybody to answer the phone. And the next day after that, I called several times trying to get somebody to answer the phone in the money exchange department, and nobody ever answered the phone, and nobody ever called me back. So I put the Brazilian note in my billfold and forgot about it. And... um, and so then when the time came when I was had that loss in my on my for my weekend seminars, I accidentally I was just paying bills and pulling stuff out of my billfold and I found that five hundred dollar Brazilian note again. So it was about three months after I'd put it in there. And I found that Brazilian note again and I and I pulled it out and I went, Oh yeah, and I had written the woman's name on the back of the car, on the back of the check that uh, where she was and her phone number who was at the money exchange, and I called her. She picked the phone right up immediately and answered my question and told me it sounded like it was real, that I needed to bring it down to the bank and let them look at it and compare it to the pictures they had in their books. So immediately I got in my car and I took it down there to the bank and I took it over to the money exchange department and they said they thought it was real, but they didn't have an exact replica in their book, but I was supposed to go across the street to this other money exchange department and find out if they had it in their book. And I took it over there and I just handed it to the woman and she didn't even show me that she was looking at a book. She just handed me 400 and something dollars. There was a $8 exchange fee or something like that, $492 or something like that. She handed me the money. And I walked out of there laughing with my, with what I call God. And I said, you don't really think this is going to make me believe that you're going to take care of me, do you? And that's, that was the joke between me and my, the divine that I know. So, so, you know, what I learned from that experience was that I was being taken care of. 
I had learned it other times, but I kept forgetting. And after that, as I launched my private practice, every time, every single solitary time that I thought I was going to run out of money, there was enough money. And so that's what I have come to understand is that I put, if I put my faith and my hope in the divine to take care of me, then I will be taken care of. And so that's what I'm going to encourage you to do. However you see the divine, whatever that is to you, trust it to take care of you. And that trust begins with a little tiny mustard seed of faith. What is faith? Well, it's described in the Christian Bible as the substance of things unseen. And I really love that definition because what it says is it's a real thing made up of unseen things. And that's exactly what matter is. Matter is a real thing made up of unseen things. And so that's what faith is. Faith is the same as matter. And that's what, so if we say, okay, I'm going to establish that my faith is going to bring me this this substance. No, it's not going to bring you. You already have it. You already have what belongs to you. That's what faith is. Faith already is the substance of things unseen. Just because you can't see it doesn't mean you don't already have it. You already have everything you need. It's all inside of you, and it manifests outside of you as you trust, as you trust. Trust is one of those things that's really hard for most of us to establish. I've had a hard time with it in my life, and I'm sure other people's, people have had a hard time with it in their lives. It's one of those things that we, we, we question a lot. You know, can I trust uh, the version of God that I got taught about? Well, maybe not. Maybe you need a whole new God. Maybe that that divine that you got taught about isn't really the divine. Maybe it's just something that got made up because people were stuck in the duality trance state. And they thought they had to make God into this good guy and man into this bad guy so that they could maintain the separation between humanity and the divine. Lots of illusions and delusions come out of the duality trance state. And so if we if we say... Uh, I have to trust that that divine that I got taught about, that might be hard to do. It might be hard to trust a, a divine being who uh, tells people, on the one hand, not to ever kill, and on the other hand, tells them to go kill infants and toddlers. And even as terrible imagery as it is, even to say to them to bash out their brains against the walls of the city. Um, that would be hard to trust that figure. That, uh, that figure feels very abusive. But uh, perhaps there is a being inside of us that if we sit with the right now, we can discover. And that being might be the true God, the true divine, the true entity that is the maker of all things and the, the ultimate intelligence that, that allows us to exist and allows us to uh, be a part of its essence. Perhaps that is the truest God, divine. And I will say this, we can't establish a true spirituality without establishing an authentic uh, connection to that spirituality. If if your connection to spirituality is made up of shoulds and have-tos and ought-tos, 
and made up of all the ways that you feel like you ought to be and made up of all the all the things that you're striving to become it's not real those are all just illusions uh shoulds are made up of things that we decided as a culture ought to be uh have tos are made are things that we made up there are no have tos the truth is even with legalities I have a choice. Even if a police officer is standing there telling me to do something, I still have a choice. Now, here's the thing. I'm not advocating anarchy, okay? I want to be clear. I'm going to make the choice that the police officer wants me to make, okay? (laughs) I will not just deliberately break the law in front of that police officer. The analogy I'm trying to make, however, is that that with, with choice, I know that I'm in charge. The police officer's not in charge. I'm in charge. I'm making the choice to obey him or disobey him. I'm making that choice. So if I come to a stop sign and there's a police officer sitting over there drinking his coffee and eating his donuts in his car, and I choose to run that stop sign, I'm going to take the consequences. The consequences might be that he'll do nothing. He'll keep eating his uh, donuts and drinking his coffee. He'll come chasing after me. He'll write my tag number down and come after me later. There's options there for him. He's got choices too, but I have a choice and I take the consequences of my choice. And that kind of responsibility is something that we haven't lived into yet. We live in a culture that teaches us not to be responsible, but, but, but rather to think in terms of, of, uh, of how we can survive not thrive, but survive, just to scramble through and strategize. We don't think that choice is the ultimate reality. Choice is the ultimate um, arbitrator. arbiter. We don't think that, uh, we don't believe that we are totally 100% responsible for every single solitary choice that we make. We say, I can't help it. I had no choice. We say things like that all the time, but they're not true. It's another illusion. And so, we, we have to come to terms with responsibility in order to under, facilitate the power that uncertainty can give us. I am responsible for this moment right here, right now, because it is mine. I own it. I, I realize its full potential. I realize its complete reality. And I'm going to be in this moment and take what it has to give me and benefit from it. That's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to trust. I'm going to put my faith in my substance of things unseen into the reality that I am being taken care of and I already have everything I need. And so it might mean that we have to do some a little bit of affirmations, although I don't think affirmations are, have any magic in them. I want to be clear about that. I don't think ma- affirmations mag- are magic, but I do think that we eventually convince our brains to believe a truth that we continually repeat as a mantra that the brain finally says, oh, okay, that must be true. Um, I've said it for so long and so hard that I've, I've come to believe it's true. That's how we came to our original beliefs in the first place is they got uh, repeated again and again and again until we believed them. And we'll talk a little bit more about that when we come back from the break right after this. Stay here for more.
It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Things Worth Considering, featuring host Gord Riddell and Alexia Georgiousis, is a program that's all about connections. The connections we make with our families, our workplaces, friends, and others around us. It's also about connections to ourself, spirit, feelings, and stories. Let us connect with you each week to explore who we are and what we can be moving forward. We can overcome the obstacles that stand in our way. Things Worth Considering airs live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Our thoughts and feelings not only affect our own lives, but the lives of everyone around us. Find new meanings of love, authentic expressions, and better connections with the people in your life. Tune in to Love Light with Dr. Jean Marie Farish. This program will feature guests and discuss ideas that will bring a better life to you. When you find this perspective on love, it will change everything. Listen live every Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Life-changing events can have positive and or negative repercussions. When they happen, they can feel elating or devastating to those affected. It can also get in the way of your personal and professional life. On Life-Altering Events with host Frank Zakari, we examine the scope of these events and discuss how to move forward in the wake of the opportunities presented. It's never too late to get started or pick up the pieces and move forward. Listen Tuesdays at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now toll-free, 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthews.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back talking today about uncertainty, faith, and hope. And what we've said thus far is that um, one of the first things that we need to understand about uncertainty is that we can deal with it first by owning what already is. Stay in the now. Stay in the now and really own what is present in your reality. And, And that might mean that we have to sit in some difficult feelings for a little while. And, and and maybe figure out what we're going to do to take the next step. But if we stay in the now instead of staying in the future, we're going to we're going to we're going to feel more certain because the now is certain. It is what we have. And we, I told a fairy tale about you know using what we have. So that's one of the first things we can do is stay in the now. And the one of the second things we can do is look at how spirituality can facilitate our spiritual growth. How how, excuse me, how uncertainty can facilitate our spiritual growth. And so um, what we've said about that is that our spiritual, what we're here to do on planet Earth is to finish the creation that got started eons ago. Uh, we got put into form, and immediately when we became form, we began to say, well, if I'm form, that must mean I'm separate from the divine. And we've made up all kinds of illusions about that that, in, that aren't true. 
and uh, we have forgotten that we're one with the divine, and that makes us divine beings. And uh, we uh, don't we don't live into that reality. We live into the reality of survival, where we live. We're, we're trying hard to survive, and our strategies are all about survival. And a lot of times, we'll even do whatever it takes. If that means rob, if that means kill, if that means do whatever. We'll do whatever it takes to survive. Most of us don't live that way, but some of us do. And uh, so that survival uh, paradigm means that we're not living into the, uh, the truth of who we are, which is a divine being having a human experience. And uh, when we can sit with that, we begin to develop what's called faith, which is the substance of things unseen. It is a right now experience of already having what we what what is ours, so that it is already the substance of things unseen, just like matter, just like my body is the substance of things unseen. My body is made up of unseen things. My mind, my my brain is made up of unseen things. My heart is made up of unseen things. My my house is made up of unseen things. Everything that is on planet Earth is made up of unseen things because at the base of everything that's created is our unseen particles that hold it together. So that is the basis of who we are. We are formless and form at the same time. And that will be the ultimate reality of our understanding in this grand experience called humanity. We, we will come to understand that we are both form and formlessness at the same time, and as such, we are both human and divine at the same time. We are one with the divine. Jesus told us, you are gods. The Old Testament told us that you are gods. The, the Bhagavad Gita tells us you are gods. Uh, Dhammapada tells us that you are gods. Most of the sacred texts of the world tell us that we are divine beings, and we've just forgotten who we are. So one of the things that uncertainty can do is bring us to the reality of understanding that we are divine beings. And how does it do that? Because it makes us begin to rely on something other than what we've always known. It makes us have to say, well, if I can't rely on the, my routine, if I can't rely on the certainty of income, if I can't rely on the certainty of having a job to go to every day, if I can't re- rely on the economy being great, where our leader tells us we have this great economy and yet people are standing in long food lines all over the United States. Um, uh, I, if I can't rely on, on my leadership, I can't rely on, on, on facts because my leaders tell me the facts aren't really facts. I, uh, what, what is it that I can rely on? Well, that's when we're challenged to look inside and sit with what's inside and find our own inner knowing. And that inner knowing can tell us who we are. That inner knowing helps us to, be, to rely on a, a, a divine being who is in us and around us all the time who will consistently take care of us. And I've told some stories about how in my own life I've been taken care of in some pretty miraculous ways. Um, uh, when, when that's something else that we can rely on, that something else is um, a brave, wild, deep, amazing grace that, that informs us of, uh, of the depth, the profoundness of the divine. 
That's the something else we can come to rely on. And when we sit with that, we're, that we're no longer uncertain. We have an inner knowing. We understand life at its deepest, most essential level. And we come to rest in that. And that is based in faith and hope. So what is hope? We've said what faith is. What is hope? Hope is, is the, the, the essential ingredient that leads us to faith. Hope says there's got to be something here. You know, I've told this story before about the little boy, the two little boys that were tested by psychologists. And, of course, this is not a, a true story, but it's a fun story about the two little boys. One of them was placed in a room full of toys, and he went from one toy to another, to another, to another for the whole hour. And he couldn't, and he couldn't settle down with one toy because there was just an overload in his mind about what, was, what he could play with, and he didn't want to miss anything. So he got pretty frantic because he was playing with so many things. So that was the first boy. The second boy was put in a, a room with a pile full of horse manure. And the second boy started digging through that horse manure and digging through that horse manure and digging through that horse manure. And finally somebody cast, came in the room and said, what are you doing? And he said, well, I figure if there's this much horse manure, there's got to be a horse in here somewhere. Okay, so that's, it's a funny story, but what it basically says is this little boy had hope. He had hope. Some people call that story the definition between optimism and pessimism. I don't really get it because pessimism, the little first little boy wasn't pessimistic. But, but the little boy did have some optimism. He did have some hope. And the hope says, I'm going to find something here. And that's what we can do with uncertainty. We can say, I'm going to find something in this that I can rely on. I'm going to find something here. I believe that this period of collective pain is a, a, a profound and um, divine pregnancy where we are in labor, we are in pain, but we are about to birth something very new. And it might even be the birth of our understanding of who we are. I think there's a lot of changes that need to take place. Certainly, we need equal rights among all of, of the citizens of America. We need equal rights for all black and brown and yellow and red people. We need, all, we need equal rights for all people. We need, we need to get rid of this white privilege idea. We need to understand that nobody should have more privileges than anybody else. Um, white people need to come to understand their own privilege and, and reject it and say that, no, I'm, I'm not going to be more privileged than anybody else. That's not right. It's not fair. Um, we, we need to understand that our economy, which is based in capitalism, in the worst kind of capitalism, uh, which means that I got mine and, and I don't care whether you get yours or not, if you, if you pull yourself up by the bootstraps good enough, then you'll get yours. Uh, our economy is based in that idea that everybody has their own rugged individualism, and if they pull themselves up by the bootstraps, then fine. If they don't, tough stuff. And um, we don't have to care about those people because they must just be lazy ne'er-do-wells. We don't have to care about them. We don't have to think about them. People going hungry, we don't have to think about them. They're just ne'er-do-wells. And so that is what our economy is based on. That's a 
poor premise to base our economy on. And it's not not a divine premise at all. It would be more true to say that we take care of each other like the divine takes care of us. That would be a, a truer statement. And the divine will take care of us to the degree that we trust it to take care of us. To the degree that we don't take care of, uh, are, are not trusting, we can't open, even if the divine is taking care of us, we don't see it because we, we're not open to that possibility. So, um, so when, we, when we talk about the kinds of changes that need to take place, there are myriad, myriad kinds of changes that need to take place. And perhaps we're birthing those changes right now. The racial unrest that's out there has a valid point. Black lives do matter. And the reason they have to say black lives matter is because for so long, black lives have not mattered. They have not mattered at all. And uh, uh, women's rights matter. And for so long, they still haven't mattered. We finally got the vote in in the last century, in the early part of the last century, we finally got the vote. But we've been trying to pass the Equal Rights Amendment for 30 years now, and then nothing has happened because there's still so much misogyny out there. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a lot of, we need to pay attention to the science about health and about climate change. We need to be awakened to the reality that the earth is changing as a result of our damage to the earth. We've done more damage over the past 100 years than has ever been done prior to that time because of our technological advances and our machinery and our pollution, we've, we've made changes that have harmed the earth. And there's a big reliance on oil and fossil fuels instead of relying on the, the things like sun, the solar energy and the wind and the water. We don't rely on those things because we don't believe that they, we should because we believe that money is the source of our, our security another survival technique. We believe that money will save us. We're not thinking of the divine as saving us. So all of those things need to change. All of those things need to change. And perhaps this painful labor that we're in is birthing a whole new America, maybe even a whole new world. Uh, Maybe we're coming to terms with the fact that we really do infect each other. We really do have an impact on each other. Because why? Because we're one. And maybe that's what's, what's happening now with the collective. So uncertainty can help us to come to terms with those things and say, okay, I'm going to create, I'm going to get something out of this. Hope says, I'm going to find something in here for me. And so if we have hope, that can change into faith, which becomes the substance of things unseen. And we can deal with uncertainty in that way. So, so in, in terms of understanding the gift of uncertainty, what we, what we come to know is that it has great potential to increase our spiritual awareness. It has great potential to rebirth us in some major ways that help us to, to, to grow up, to wake up, to be sure of who we are. So I'm going to recommend that for every day while this crisis is on, you spend at least 30 minutes of every day sitting with yourself and just being present with what's going on inside of you so that you can begin to get in touch with your inner knowing. Now, some people will tell you that you have to stop your thinking to do that. I'm not going to tell you to stop your thinking. Your thinking is never going to stop. It's always going to be there. Even when you're asleep, you're thinking through your dreams. 
your thoughts are coming out in the form of symbols and, and you're still thinking. So you don't have to stop your thinking, but you do have to just be sitting there and allow yourself to be present with whatever comes up. I'm going to sit with you. Oh, and there's a new thought. I'm going to sit with that. Oh, and there's some anxiety. I'm going to sit with that. Oh, and there's a thought of fear. I'm going to sit with that. Just be present with whatever is without judging it. I'm going to ask you all to do that. And as you do that, I can assure you that you will grow spiritually. So that's what we have for today. That's our show. And uh, I'll be back again next week to talk some more. Remember, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself. Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll talk again next week. 